Hey guys, and welcome to our very special full episode with the lovely Eva Lee. This week, we are going to be talking to her about her first time in prison. Well, kind of her first time in prison. You'll see. So, cheers, Demi. Cheers! We're back again. Cheers. Cheers. Back again with another special guest. This week we're joined by Evely. Hello. <laughs> Evely was um, my boss for what, like like two and a half years? Mm. Let's go with that. I think so. Yeah. Still to this day, my favorite boss, and she's Canadian and sassy, and also likes rap music. So yeah. Strap yourselves in. Uh, we are you even my boss, and you're my boss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, Evely. So uh, your, I feel like your story will be my favorite. Yeah, not to like hype it too much, but I just <laughs> no. it's different to our story. So that's, well, it is. Yeah. Well, because I'm twice as old as you are, so no. naturally <laughs> my my story is going to be a little bit different. But uh, my story starts in Canada back in 1994. When I was the uh, second woman and the first mum to do my job in the correctional service. Uh, so I was hired as a vocational instructor, which mm-hmm. is just a fancy name for cook. See, the- whenever you would talk to me about when you worked in a prison, I always imagined you as a guard. I don't know Not why. Not a guard. Oh. Just well, like- you would be such a good guard. No, 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 no. I could seriously I was, picture it. I was way too green then to be a guard. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was probably way too green to do what I was doing. Yeah. Uh, because I was surrounded by people, both uh, with the keys and without the keys, who were um, really good at... Um, manipulating people and Mm. and I was just really green I was Mm. brought up pretty pretty strictly so if somebody told you to do something you did it and if they said it louder you did it faster (laughs) so um prison was probably not the best place for me but I was a single mom and I was given an opportunity um to have a government job a Mm. good paying job oh I was making 45,000 yeah, So in, in rural mm. Manitoba, that was a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, we also got yeah. paid overtime and, and, and that sort of thing. So um, for me, who had never had a, a, a proper job, certainly never had a job with um, benefits, benefits or yeah. anything like that. And I have, if it weren't for modern dentistry, I would have no teeth. Mm. Yeah. So we have a history of bad teeth in my family. If it weren't for that, having that job saved my teeth. Otherwise, I would have been, I don't know what I would have been doing. Thanks, Grandma. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I uh, got into this job, and obviously it was a, a bit of a culture shock. Um, I had been cooking for a long time. Yeah. And um, so knew my, knew, had skills in that area. Knew your onions. Knew my onions. <laughs> but obviously uh, working uh, in uh, a male prison with all male guards, except for one female guard or female vocational instructor, steward, we were called. It was it was kind of scary yeah. at times. Uh, but at the time, I didn't really, I wasn't really aware enough to realize. Big- but, you know, you go through your hazing, there were mice in my pockets. What and that the kind fuck? Of, and, that kind, and that kind of stuff. Live and, uh, mice? No dead mice. Okay. I don't know why that's slightly better, yeah. but it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. I would prefer a, a I'd prefer mouse. none if we're going with preferred mice but, uh, situation. I had, I had pet mice, so that's... Really? That's... Anyway, I've had lots of pets. To, fe- to feed hands? the snakes. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> that too. Before we had snakes, we had pet mice though. And then we raised mice to feed the snakes. Anyway, who was doing this to you? Like, Well, you don't, you don't know. Um, the, the kitchen was separated from the main part of the prison by these walkways. And the walkways were covered and sealed mostly uh, but not heated so in order to get this great big hand truck down to the special uh, handling unit and segregated areas you had to go through these walkways so you had these great big 1950 style like imagine Soviet era army jackets mm. um, that we had I ser- I, there were no female uniforms we had male uniforms yeah. at the time and um so there was one jacket for everybody, and it was like a size, you know, 56 large. And um, so you'd put this on to take the, the food down to the, the special units, and mm. you'd put your hand in the pocket, and there's dead mice in there. Okay, yuck. Um, but just context, like, what's sort of, like, the average temperature and, like, weather conditions where you were working and living then? Like, it's cold all the time. Hey? No, no, it's not cold all the time. But in the winters, it, it could be minus 30. It could right. be minus 35. So when you're I'm walking through these, the when so you're, you're when like, you're walking through these, these, these walkways in the winter, it, there's, there's no heating. Elements, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There's a bit of plexiglass. Yeah. There's concrete floors, unfinished. Yeah. Uh, plexiglass walls. And that's separating, like, rec rooms and just general That's separating the, the kitchen prison. from the, the main part of the prison. Okay. So yeah. you have to walk out of the kitchen, through the walkways, into the main part of the prison. Mm. You go through um, the middle of the prison, out again through another series of these walkways, okay. out to the special, the special units where people are kept in administrative segregation. I was there for seven years, actually, before... And in I, Canada? I, yeah, just before I, ca- I came here to Australia. Okay. So um, it was so, a big part of my life. And um, um, But, you know, you're surrounded by men all the time. Mm, I mean, yeah. men with the keys, men without the keys. Mm. Um, and was, was there ever an incident that made you feel uncomfortable? Lots. Generally, the stewards, so people that get to go home at night, yep. were all people that couldn't make it on the outside as chefs, so they're all a bit bitter and twisted anyways. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, the guys on the inside um, don't really like taking instruction from mm. a woman. Yeah. Um, but you, you have to find a way. Yeah. So that's what I was so trying to ask. So there like, was... When you're working in the prison, so you're, say, like, head chef, the people that are in the prison, is it a mixture of people that work there and... Uh, in the kitchen, a mixture of people that work there and, you know, like, prisoners that are, like, working while... In- yeah, because that's the yeah. thing that happens as well. Well, if Orange well, is the new black, is taught us anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it absolutely is. So there's four stewards on a, on a daily shift. So sort of, like, low-risk, like... No, no, four stewards is us. No, so, no, no, but... Yeah, yeah sorry. And then, and then the rest is all is all inmates. So right. you, you'd have a, you'd have two rosters of about 30 inmates. Mm. Uh, they'd, start at, they'd start at 5.30 and work till just after lunch, and then the new shift would come in at lunch and then work till clean-up after dinner. Okay, um, yeah. And so two of the stewards would... And the stewards came in on a staggered shift, and so my shift was the closing shift. So after dinner, I was there alone with... There'd be one guard, me, and then 30 inmates. Yeah. So I guess, you know, it very much is... You're running a restaurant, you know, if you you're simplify running a it. You're running a restaurant. Yes. You have to feed hundreds of people. Yes. 
but you have this sort of looming situation of, okay, the people that get the privilege of working in the, re- the kitchen or, you know, our little restaurant may not be the worst of the group, but there's also that chance that they just decide to get really brave one day or, you know... Well, there's all sorts of there's all sorts of dangers. I suppose we have knives, obviously, and so before any of the meal lines come through, the head guard comes in and counts all the knives. We had a, a shadow box, so all the all the knives had to be locked up, and we wouldn't release any mm. prisoners to come down and have dinner, or lunch, whatever, until the knives were all counted for. Um, but we also had one of the guys that worked in my hometown, actually, or lived in my hometown. He was the garbage man, and he was caught bringing drugs in with the empty <gasps> garbage cans. No, no way. You know, and and he was a non-assuming. You wouldn't look at him and think he was, you know. Um, And so we had guys that were, were, you know, inmates that were responsible for looking after the rubbish and that stuff. And we had these great big metal cans on these rollers that would go from one end. Because it's a huge kitchen and it has lots of corners and lots of... It's not one great big open room where you can see everything from one end to the other. There's lots of bits of spaces think about industrial kitchens you just think it's a big kind of hall-ish type area with lots of silver benches and everyone just stands and chops and moves to the next space well i think if you're going to design it yes but this was a if you if you watch the movie capote yes oh i love so when he's when he's driving that scene where he's driving up into the front of the um prison to meet the prisoner the guy that's stony mountain penitentiary that's where i worked that's the same place that's the same place in that okay so so it's um it's old Mm. and and you're sort of restricted to a certain extent um but what you can do Mm. inside um so so yeah and and we didn't know this was happening he was he was found out or somebody snitched or something and apparently somebody was uh they do, they do. But other people get stitches, but the snitches especially. But uh, people were dropping drugs in a ditch uh, near the prison, and he would pick it up on his way into prison, and then hide it in the bottom of the garbage cans. And then when he brought the the empty garbage cans in, the guys would come out and get them. And of course, we as stewards aren't really interested in garbage cans, and, well, and the guards I, are. I don't think many people are. You know. Yeah. Uh, but that's and so you know, and I think to myself, hello. Here I am. I've got a baby daughter. You're putting my life at risk because yeah. once they're on, once once the prisoners or the inmates have their drugs, nobody everything's cool. Yeah, it's what they'll do to get them. Yeah, where is where the danger is, you know. And if you're the keeper of the kitchen, that's where right. The and if you've got the bins are taken in and out. That's every right. Day. And if I'd been a smoker, because that's you know you'd go out into the back dock and you'd have a smoke, and I was never a smoker, so yeah. I was never there. But if you were a smoker and you were hanging out and he brings them in and all this is happening and you see what's going on and you, you know, it was, yeah. it was potentially a very dangerous situation for somebody sort of stumbling into what was going on. Mm. Wow. So, yeah. um, but, you know, obviously very male dominated. Oh, yeah. There, there were, yeah. there were female guards at that time. They were just bringing them in. Yeah. Um, and there were lots of issues with relationships forming and that really? kind of stuff. Yeah, with yeah. prisoners and other and guards, guards, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because they are, or just like everybody else in the world, there well, are yeah, people I'm not that really are. Want to talk? Am I? There are people that are are uh, um, charismatic and charming, and yeah, of course. You know, I mean, um, these aren't just all psychopaths mm. that nobody ever wants to. No, of course not. In fact, no. Bruce, oh, I'm going to say his name, Bruce Stooner, and I remember mm. this to this day. He 
stabbed his girlfriend to death on Portage Avenue, which would be like George Street. So uh, uh, the busiest street in Winnipeg. Stabbed her to death in broad daylight. Mm -hmm. And when he got to prison, there were letters from women waiting for him. Groupies. What? Yeah. The Prison groupies. I, I, I know it's a thing. I just still can't quite get my head around it. Like, mm. especially because it seems to be... Um, even Ivan Milat has received or had received a lot of mm. mail from women. And I don't know if it's this fixation of, I'll be the one that will fix him. Or I will die trying. Yeah, I, I don't understand the appeal, especially because um, the majority of men that get this female fan base, for lack of a better term, uh, it's have like domestic. Yes, yep. have committed crimes specifically against women. So, yep. yeah, that's a whole nother can of can worms. Of fish? Kettle of fish. I have no Can idea. of fish? Kettle <laughs> of worms. Is yeah. this fish of the. Uh, wait, is this chicken of the ocean? Or. <laughs> 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 But but you're you're quite right because we were working with people who and we weren't supposed to know what they've done, but a lot of times they would tell us what they've done. If they're proud. And if it was particularly sensational or made the news, we would read about what they've done. So you know that you're working with somebody that, you know, has killed his wife and put her in the freezer and, you know, and then tried to say, well, she was in there trying to recock the freezer with a flashlight that the batteries were dead and And it it wasn't turned on onto her own head and she died. You know, so you were dealing with, you know, so you, you you knew Mm -hmm. on on some of these things, but, um, the size of the prison that you were working in. So we were about between, uh, probably five fifty and six fifty in numbers. Uh, we were the, the, in, in Canada, if you're, if you're sentenced to anything under two years, you go to provincial prisons, anything over two years, you go to federal. So this was a federal prison. Um, and it was the only one in Manitoba. Mm. Right. Okay. And so you had the main population, which was generally considered medium security. Mm-hmm. And then you had uh, two units. So you had administrative seg, so people that were kept separate from population for their own safety. And then you had punitive segregation, people that were kept separate because they can't live in general population or have done something wrong and they're being punished for it. Right. So you were saying seven years you were there? I was there and then I moved to Australia and then I went into a very female-dominated industry, which was charity work. So I was four years at a charity and there were no men to be found anywhere. Which is a whole nother experience. A whole nother experience. And then I I started work at the company where Maddie and I met. But so to imagine you just being plain Jane and going to this job where you, um, I guess you just have to be, well, you don't have to be straight laced. Obviously it is a serious job and you take your job seriously, but you just go and it's vanilla and you have to be on your guard protect yourself Mm. make sure that you know ins and outs of your area your department stuff like that is just not that i don't think you could do it Mm. i'm just i can't pitch oh look there were there were lots of laughs these guys are funny guys generally speaking just like any group of people that you meet you're going to form relationships with in a way you know rapport Mm -hmm. and and there were a lot there was you know there were guys there that were funny they were really funny Mm. and and we had lots of laughs with and um uh, and then there were guys that were you just you know super super creepy and and that you would not you'd cross the street to mm. you know mm. but you're working with these guys you know eight hours a day you have to find a way 
to, to well to make it work or to find some kind of way. So um, could you maybe tell us about a good relationship um, that you formed while you were working there and also perhaps a bad relationship or a bad experience? Uh, sure. So there was a guy there. His name was his name was Jim Driscoll. Um, and he was a guy that I felt um, he was in there for murder, I'm pretty sure. And um, he seemed like a really straight up guy. He was one of our butchers. So we had a farm, a minimum security farm okay. attached to us. So all of our beef That's came cool. from there and yeah. we would butcher all of our own meat and, and that sort of thing. Uh, and he seemed like a really straight up guy. Mm. And um, he always maintained his innocence. And I think since I've, I've been out or out of the out of the game, I think. I, I, I think he's um, not out of jail. Not out of jail. <laughs> out been of pardoned. Yeah, um, yeah. I think he he's actually his case has been proven. He's been proven innocent, and oh, and he's wow. been released. So he he was somebody actually that I, I trusted quite a lot, and and yeah. um, there were there were some guards and uh, stewards actually that I just. You know, there was a steward actually that was convicted of rape and kidnapping. What a guy that I worked with. Um, so it, it's it, the, the prison system attracts all kinds. Yeah, and all I think kinds. It's so easy once you're in there for the lines to get blurred. You know, like mm. I'm, I'm obviously you've only told me what I'm just hearing like yeah. about this person. But yeah. once you are like, oh, he's just another guy. He's cool. It's so easy to blur that and be like, that's my friend. They'll never do anything wrong. And it's vice versa you know once you're in there and you're around all these terrible things well no I think he he was just a bit of a dickhead all all around generally he had really strange uh, ideas about women right he tried he tried to sell me a set of used um uh sex toys once oh my god sorry 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 (laughs) sorry sorry Sorry, how do we know that they were used he told me oh good yeah because if you're selling them you want but he told to me use he, that as a selling point. He told me he cleaned them all up with bleach, so it was okay. It was oh like, yeah, because that's what you want. You want like, something no. covered in bleach. <laughs> yeah. so, Jesus. So he, this is the guy that was convicted. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he's the guy that I worked with for quite a while, so, and yeah. um, obviously he, I think he had issues prior he had, to he had, yeah, working and in a prison. He was an older guy. He was older than I was at the time, probably my age now. And it's not like he was uh, this young chap gone in there and sort of turned onto the wrong so path. he had life experience. He had life experience. Yeah. He was just, he, he got obsessed with a woman and lost his perspective and, and paid the price for it. You know? I'm, so, um, I'm and, and so, and so this was a guy I worked with. So this is, so you're, you're dealing with sort of, um, sort of sketchy characters, all you know, the all the time. And, and, but then I was too young and too dumb and extremely pleased to have a government job, yeah. uh, extremely pleased to be able to have a little house of my own, yeah. extremely pleased to be able to, you know, provide for my daughter. And so I never, I, I never gave it really yeah. too much of a thought. Yeah. Um, one of the reasons that I ended up moving here is, of course, I, I met my husband, Phil, and... Um, and I could tell that something was changing because I could tell. I went up to the warden's office once and said, look, we tell people, you know, you've done something wrong. We're going to take away your freedom. You're going to come here and we're going to help you become a better person. I said, we don't do that here. No. Hmm. We it's don't a, do that here. It's, it's a lie. It's a clockwork routine of yeah. you shuffle in, you shuffle out, you hmm. may do some extracurricular, you know, you go to the library, you all those sorts of things, but you literally just move from one concrete room to another concrete room it's to another right. concrete room. It's yeah. punishment. They, it's not it is rehabilitation. It's not re- yeah, exactly. No. It's not rehabilitation. And then 
I mean, I could go on about like prison systems, but like mm-hmm. you, you do that and then you expect them, you release them after five years of just shuffling them around from room to room to room and then expect them to be functioning humans on the outside. Like, that's In that not time, possible. we've gone from possible. no iPhone to iPhone, yeah. for example, yeah. and everything is different. If you're locked up for a full decade, so yeah. much changes. Life's changed. Life changes. Mm. And it's just, it's insane. So mm. I totally get that, mm. yeah. And that would be hard for you because you even though you are stuck in that when you go to work, that's what you see every day. You do have your brief moments to leave and maybe that's right. Tune but we worked out. four days on four days off. So you actually yeah. had a, a, you know, a, a fair break, but yeah. So yeah. you would have been able to leave and, you know, spend time with your daughter experience innocence, you know, working and then just, you know, go to the shops, do your own thing. And then you have to go back to that and mm. be like, you're, you don't know what it's like out there. Mm. And then as soon as they release you onto the world, you will freak out. Mm. It's, I totally, yeah. Yeah, well, we had guys come back go, do you know what a loaf of bread costs? I it's like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah actually, actually yeah. I do. Yeah. You know? I'm buying them all the time so my kid won't stop eating. You know? yeah. <laughs> so, and it is, it is very difficult. And that was one of the, the dangers about when guys are getting short, when they're coming up to the time they're going to be released, is actually a very dangerous time. Because yeah. they start to, they'll Because like, they're freaking out. Panic, yeah. More yeah. likely to, yeah. um, like commit in jail that's right because they get that um they're used to it it's a very yeah. it's it's very easy it's become it's home and it's comfortable. it's a routine and, and somebody tells you what to do and and and, yeah. and it's all it's all that way if you sort of set yourself up in this life and you set your own routine and you are able to function and be a law-abiding citizen mostly mostly <laughs> You know, <laughs> underage drinking, Demi. <laughs> you do that and you go through life. You have your routine. We That's right. We seek routine as mm. humans. So you either you get released upon this world and you fit into the social norms and things like that, or you do something to maybe fuck up your life and you end up in a terrible situation where you go to jail and you have, you've made a mistake, or you are a psychopath, but a lot of the time it is just someone has made one too many mistakes and you know they've held up petrol stations they're you know doing Mm. dumb things like this you know like get involved in drugs they end up here and there is their only stability prison is like a stable place for them it is so as soon as they're broaching that i have to look after myself i have to get a job to feed myself need to find a you know apartment i need to look up like all of those things are looming Mm -hmm. you do understand the cycle that they go through where it's like okay well i can just do this one thing and stay here for another couple of years until i figure myself out Mm -hmm. like because like we said it's not rehabilitation you are just there there. you're just holding time you're existing and if you don't want your existence to end and it's not and it's not about the work time either it's about how you manage your leisure time exactly because one of the guys there that was the best 10 times the the cook i am he he uh i've had your pumpkin pie okay fair enough no no but he was he he was a great he was a chef like he was a he was an honest-to-God chef, but he was in and out. He could not manage his leisure time, so he would get drunk or whatever and, and commit a crime and find himself back in prison. Right. And in the yeah. end, um, he committed suicide because he, he he'd done something and he couldn't go back to prison. He couldn't. Oh, he couldn't. 
you know. That's, so that's some heavy shit. And 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 it was a shame because he was really really talented. That that that. 30% of his life. Yeah, really great. talented. Yeah, but the rest of it he couldn't manage. He couldn't manage it. And I, well, I mean, okay, like maybe a tangent, maybe I'm getting off course, but I honestly think it's just the way we, as a society, not even as a country, Australia, but just how as like humans we manage our mental health, the way we manage it. We manage these mm-hmm. routines that we set for ourselves, substance abuse and things like that. We just, we project our bullshit onto the universe. Mm. <laughs> I, like, I'm, I'm getting tangenty. But we project our bullshit onto the universe. We don't know how to manage ourselves. And then you end up in this loop mm. of being a terrible person who... Does terrible things all the time. Or you're a good person doing terrible things because you can't manage this. And then you just find yourself in this in, out, in, out, in, out. Until you, yeah, okay. No, well, no, no. <laughs> and for, but no, but for a lot of these guys, they're everybody they know has a similar lifestyle. Yeah. So we had some guy in. His uncle was there. His dad was there. Yeah. And, and so you can do whatever you want to with him in prison. You can provide him with whatever resources we have. He's going to get out, and everybody he knows is going to be is, is on the take. Yeah. So unless he's going to totally remove himself. From the yeah. life that he knows, the friends Prime that he knows, his family, friends, yeah. you know, um, his life is always going to be this way, you know. No, um, I totally get that because it's, you are your surroundings. Exactly. If that is all you know and your parents don't pull you away, like, I've just... No, I'm no, well, when you're, when, when you're, it, no, I'm no, but when your parents it, are, are just, involved in, in criminal activity and your uncles are involved and your friends are involved and yeah. what do you do? I mean, it you would take an do. extraordinary person, an yeah. extraordinarily strong person to choose something different because and we've you know we've spoken about this like we are our parents it's just, oh my god don't even talk to me I about know. it <laughs> but like we are i can tell you like i am my parents 20 years later just trying to figure it out like working along and it's you can see like in my family history it's every generation is like I, we're going the opposite direction we're doing a little better and we're trying to you know move hmm. you know like have better jobs better education things like that but some people just say stay stagnant in that and it just is it is a cycle Mm -hmm. you know other parts of my family are like that they just do the same shit they get pregnant when they're 16 and they you know get involved with people who are dealing drugs and stuff like that Mm -hmm. because that's all they know it's -hmm. quick money Mm -hmm. it's easy it's that's what they do Mm -hmm. and me maybe because i'm on that lower scale i'm not you know dropping drugs into a garbage bin in a jail and getting excessive amount of money for that but and when you sent me the the notes for today i was like i've been there i've done that mm. but I d- you don't realize that you're doing it at the time yeah. nobody no. nobody realizes that they're doing no, because something new at the time when you're 20 years old like you... i was 25 when i had Anne. oh well i mean 25 having a little yeah. baby. I mean, that was that's that's us now. Yeah, I, that's because I was a late bloomer, so it's uh, it was a late bloomer. It, it, it certainly it certainly wasn't going to happen before that. It's so. still a pretty early bloom these days. I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. now it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a different uh, time. But you know, there's still time for another one. So, hus- husbands out there, beware. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, they already know that you've worked in a prison. Yeah, so. well, you know, yeah, I have connections. Uh, yeah. So I always had my timeline with you mi- 
stuff. I thought that you worked in a prison in Adelaide. No, no. I, that's what I always No, thought. no. Yeah. I moved okay. here. Well, and if the- you worked in a prison in Adelaide, because Adelaide is like the number one serial, serial killer. What? Place. Did I you not know, know this? this? Well, there's nothing else to fucking do there. I'd kill someone. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'll edit that out. Just no, in case you would. To... <laughs> I dare you. I would just like to <laughs> say <laughs> that I love Adelaide. Adelaide is a great place no, to live, and I'm going to retire there. Yeah. I will um, testify to the fact that you do love Adelaide. You have often called. Adelaide Radelaide when speaking about it I to don't me. Th- that is well, a lie Adelaide, that's a lie I'm just a sarcastic bitch I just want to say it's a lie <laughs> well, someone has said Radelaide a lot it me. was you <laughs> was it I think so oh, okay. I say it in sarcasm that happens I no. actually have a lot of friends from Adelaide yeah and they no. all come to Brisbane or Sydney and they're like I'm from Adelaide to like, kill Adelaide. people yeah maybe yeah <laughs> maybe I'm on the hit list fresh meat oh, yeah, yeah. no no no. it's great it's it's a great place um, maybe I'm, I'm I'm at the age great place to to raise kids miles and miles of flat beaches you can go down grand junction highway and turn right and find 750 car parks right in front of the fucking ocean not like <laughs> not like cronola where you go down there and you have to drive around for 45 minutes to find a fucking car park and then you think yeah. well, why am i in cronola yeah yeah also, you know or yeah. anywhere else for that me, matter yeah. that's me with north queensland we will eventually retire in north <laughs> queensland <laughs> And Retire or move there to have babies? Because Jade and I want to move there next year, and I think to North no, Queensland. Queensland. Oh, no, sorry, Queensland. I blocked out the North. We hear what we want to hear, right? Yeah. So I think <laughs> we will eventually end up back in Queensland, but yep. um, the retiring just will... be within four hours drive of Brisbane, and it's fine. We'll, we'll still sorry, be friends. I'm like far north. I'm going tropics, baby. Okay. I'm Tropo. never having a winter again. <laughs> like I'll I'll hit the age. Of this 16. isn't winter though. No, but I'll hit the age of sixty, and I'm like I am never seeing the temperature below twenty. I am just going yeah. there to be in my. That'll probably old be good for bikini, like old... your longevity. And the yeah. humidity is good for your skin. It is. Yeah, Can it be. is. It is. We go to because Adelaide's very dry. It's very, very, very dry. We go to Brisbane for like a weekend, and we come back. My skin is amazing. Then as soon as I step out the front door into the pollution that is Sydney, it's like no. Anyway, we are derailed. (laughs) 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 Trains come off the track. We are so far (laughs) from the rail right now. So. I, so, I've talked a lot, so now it's time for you, for you to talk. talk. You're our good guest. Chat, you are meant to be our guest. Be our guest. Be our guest. Is this Beauty and the Beast? Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I was Beauty about to go Beast. into the Mr. Burns. Same. Same. <laughs> Same. Made from real gorilla chips. It was only. <laughs> <laughs> they're not the dick Irish setters. Grizzly bear underwear. underwear. Yes. <laughs> Turtles next. I've got my share. Um, I just, oh, I'm thinking of the loafer part. See my loafer for my, my gopher. gopher. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I can't. Like when you think about it, you're like, why is this taking up space in my brain? I could have learned algebra, <laughs> but I didn't. <laughs> algebra is not funny. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's very serious and it's. It's, it's algebra. <laughs> so there you have it, guys. That's Italy's first time in jail. Thanks so much for listening. And as always, in between now and the next episode, you can follow us on 
Instagram at the first time podcast. And if you have any suggestions for subjects or potential interviewees, anyone you want to hear from again, feel free to email us at the first time podcast at gmail.com.